Listener Production. Good morning, sports fans, and welcome to The Scorecard. I'm Liam Flanagan, and this is your fast, fun hit of sport for Tuesday the 27th of September. Today, the Cowboys given some cold comfort by the NRL, the Opals keep their World Cup hopes alive, and the young fan who captured the attention of the cycling world. But first... The AFL season might be done, but now the real fun begins. Have some fun! Because it's trade season, where teams poke and prod one another, attempting to get the best deal for players and picks. And maybe the biggest name on the trade block right now just made one hell of a statement. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Collingwood star Jordan Dugowie has reportedly rejected the current five-year deal put on the table from the Magpies over the bad boy clauses the club has included. The Pies' five-year offer comes with a catch in their terms of behavioural conditions. And when you consider Dugowie's chequered history, it's not entirely unreasonable for Collingwood to do it. After all, since arriving at the club seven years ago, Dugowie has been caught drink driving, lying to the club about breaking his hand in a bar fight, and charged with harassment over another fight in a New York bar. So basically, if Dugowie misbehaves within the first two years of the five-year deal, the final three years are off the table. And as Fox Footy's John Ralph explains, Dugowie is exploring his options. Dugowie has officially rejected Collingwood's five-year contract offer, which of course includes those performance-based and behavioural clauses. He wants to see exactly what it is that would see him in breach of that contract. So the Pies know that he's got leverage for the first time in months now, and he absolutely plans to use it. The secure offer, I don't think, has those behavioural clauses. Collingwood still is very confident that he will stay, that it is smart business to ensure that only the most serious transgressions would, would see him sacked. With Collingwood also facing the very likely possibility of highly paid Ruckman Brody Grundy leaving the club this off-season. The prospect of losing to Goey as well from a team that went within a point of making the grand final could be a scary one for the black and white faithful. We've only got five sleeps until the NRL grand final this weekend, so we should be looking forward. But the North Queensland Cowboys could be excused for looking a little backwards. Mitchell Moses, no oh. look through it, three metres forward. How is the ref? And the touchies missed that. What a start for Neil Parramatta. Well, maybe the screen will, uh, will will correct our judgment, but I I agree with you. I thought the pass was thrown way forward. There's the, oh, that's gone a metre and a half forward. Gee, that's a bad call. That is a disgrace. The opening try scored by the Eels in last Friday's prelim final win over the Cowboys appeared to be from a forward pass, as the King, Wally Lewis, expressed there on Triple M's call of the game. And what must have really stung for the Cowboys is that ultimately... They only lost the game by, you guessed it, full points. That's gotta hurt. But here's some comfort for Todd Payton and his men. The NRL's head of football, Graham Annesley, in his regular Monday meeting, has admitted the refs got it wrong. Sort of. I'm standing here saying it's forward pass. Um, but it's it's not the howl of it it's been made out to be. Um, and my job's to try and put some balance and some perspective into some of these things. It's my job to be honest. Uh, we think that it's forward, uh, based on the motion of the hands. Yeah, so a bit like Fonzie in Happy Days, the NRL went about as close as they ever will to admitting they got something wrong. I was... <laughs> I was not exactly right. And I'm sure having that admission of fault will make the Cowboys feel all warm and fuzzy when they watch the Eels run out in Sunday's grand final against the Panthers. The Opals didn't get off to the greatest start in the FIBA World Cup, but after a loss to France, just like Stella, the girls are getting their groove back. It started with a thumping win over Mali, then a defence-inspired victory over Serbia, and last night, 
the Aussie women delivered their best effort yet. Backdoor cut, Steph, Steph, Dalvin, one of the biggest baskets of this tournament. Canada and Australia played out the best game of the tournament so far last night, and at one point during the second quarter, the Opals trailed by as much as 14 points before going on a 19-0 run to lead by five points at halftime. Senna, Ezzy Magbegore, delivered her best performance of the tournament, dropping a game-high 16 points along with seven rebounds and five blocks. Ezzy says, not in my house. <laughs> and I mean, look at this. She almost hit that ball into the first row of fans. It's like a volleyball spike. The win puts Australia equal top of their group along with Canada and guarantees them a spot in the tournament quarterfinals. But win against Japan tonight and they can avoid the world's best team, the US, until at least the semi-final stage. Well, that's a relief. Captain Beck Allen missed last night's win after suffering a heavy collision in the win over Serbia, but is a chance to return to the starting five for tonight's game against Japan. And before we go today, I'd like you to meet someone. Hi, my name's Morgan and I'm from Wollongong here. That is Morgan Ryan, and Morgan might have just established herself as the greatest spectator in the history of cycling. Unlike that peanut who managed to cause the whole peloton to crash at the Tour de France last year, over the weekend at the UCI Road Cycling World Championships in Wollongong, Morgan became the darling of the cycling world. You've been seen on international television for the last two days and people have just been loving your energy and your outfits. What gave you the idea to cheer on the riders like this? Well, I, it was just for fun to begin with and then I started getting seen by the commentators and on camera a lot um, and then it kind of turned into a big thing so now I'm getting interviewed so it's really, really exciting. Morgan lives on Raymar Avenue, the street that the riders had to climb over and over again during the road race and Morgan committed to running up that hill in support of the riders each time, a total of 36 times over the three days of racing. And she did it all while wearing a fairy pink unicorn onesie. That's called a fashion choice. Such was Morgan's dedication to supporting the riders that the women's junior world title winner Zoe Backstead even paid tribute to Morgan in her victory speech. There was people running with me. Um, I noticed one thing in the corner of my eye. There was this little girl in a pink onesie and she just kept running alongside me the whole time screaming my name. And I am so grateful for that because, yeah, it just pushed me on so much. Morgan Ryan, helping crown world champions in a unicorn onesie. And if you'd like to hear more about the girl in the unicorn onesie and everything else cycling, why don't you check out our brand new listener podcast, The Wheelhouse with Kate and Joel. You can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. And that is your Fast Fun Hitters Ball for Tuesday the 27th of September. I'm Liam Flanagan. Catch you tomorrow on The Scorecard. Listener.